Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. How you guys doing this morning? You guys so good? Good. You guys know why we come here? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I heard somebody over here said, I think so. We come here for Jesus. He is the reason that we come here. And if we come here for any other purpose, any other reason, We've missed it. He is the reason that we gather here. And it's so good to come in together and praise our Lord. Am I right? And I'm grateful that we get to do this week in and week out. It truly is an incredible privilege. I want to encourage us this morning and remind us of the ultimate prize. I wanna remind us that we don't come here because of what Jesus can do for us. We don't come here because of all the blessings he allows us to receive, and he's so good for that. But we come here for him. He is the prize. Jesus, our prophet, our priest, and our king. Can I talk about Jesus for a second? Are you guys okay with that? You guys cool with that? Jesus' life... Was, was recognized in three different roles or ministries. Prophet, priest, and this has nothing to do with my message, by the way, but I want to get us excited about who Jesus is and the, the person that we've come here for. A prophet is a messenger of God. A prophet delivers the message of God. And Jesus was not only the deliverer of the message, but he was the message himself. Jesus delivered the greatest news that any of us could ever receive. And as our prophet, Jesus speaks, teaches, and acts with authority. As our prophet, Jesus delivers the message of salvation. How many of you guys are grateful that Jesus delivered the message of salvation to each one of us? Jesus, he shepherds us in truth. He protects, tends, and guides the church by the power of his truth. And of his word, he leads us into the path of righteousness. And Jesus pioneers and perfects our faith. Jesus, our prophet. Jesus, our priest. A priest stands in the gap and mediates on behalf of the people. A priest brings sacrifices on behalf of the people. As our priest, Jesus perfectly represents us before God. Perfectly represents us before God. Jesus, as our priest, is our sacrifice. He lived a perfect life and he willingly suffered and died on a cross that we might have life and life abundant in him. Amen? As our priest, Jesus redeems believers from the debt of sin. This means that through the ransom paid on our behalf, we are set free from the power and the penalty of sin because of his work as our priest. And Jesus reconciles believers to God. 
Through his death and his resurrection, Jesus brings peace between people and God. Jesus, our priest. And finally, Jesus, our king. Kings provide order and structure, security and care and justice for their people. Kings command governments and armies to stand in front of the people and protect. As our king, Jesus serves us. He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As our king, Jesus saves his people. He is the Messiah. He is the appointed savior of the world and the anointed one of God. Through his life, death, and resurrection, those who call upon his name are set free from the power and the penalty of sin. As our king, Jesus will judge the world with perfect justice. He executed judgment on death at Calvary, and one day he will come and execute perfect judgment here once again. And as our reigning king, Jesus will reign forever. Come on, are you guys grateful for our king that reigns forever? He holds all authority in heaven and on earth, and he is exalted by God in a place of power. He is the head of the church and will forever rule over his kingdom. Jesus, our reigning king. And this Jesus is the one that we come here for. This Jesus is the one that we gather for week in and week out, the one that we live for every other day of the week. It is for the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus, our prophet, our priest, and our king. And the Lord, he grants us a lot of really good blessings of like being a part of a family, right? We get to come here. We do get to see each other. We get to lift our hands in worship. We get to walk with him. We get to uh, come and receive a word. We get to praise him as a body. But without him at the center, all that other stuff comes crumbling down. He is our one thing, right? Gathering together can often becomes about, become all about all these other things, about seeing your friends, about coming to worship, about coming to pray, all good things. As you walk throughout your weeks, following Jesus can very easily become about reading your Bible and praying and fasting or whatever the things are that you do in your journey and your relationship with Jesus. That's not you guys, right? That's other people. No, but guys, in all reality, like the, it's so great that we get to worship a king who's alive, who's real, who's resurrected, and who's not distant or far off. It's what we do on Sundays. It's what we do on Wednesdays. By the way, Pastor JP, thank you for plugging Wednesday. Guys, if you haven't, if you guys don't come to Wednesday prayers, I encourage you to come. Show up, engage with the presence of the Lord with us. It's such an incredible time. Like, we get to do what we do here, and we get to just sit and rest in the presence of the Lord. And so I challenge you guys, like, show up to prayer. Come connect with the presence of Jesus with us. If you can't make it for whatever reasons, join online. But, like, guys, I encourage you to come and connect with the Father with us. And this morning, we're going to continue going after the presence of Jesus. This morning, we're going to continue running after him because there's no greater thing we could do. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah. Open in your Bibles to James chapter four, verse eight. 
I had the, uh, the opportunity a few Wednesdays back to, uh, to share this message at our Wednesday night prayer, and the Lord just continued to minister to me through it throughout the week and uh, just reminded me of, of this true reality that we get to seek and find a, a real God who's, who's willing to be found and ready to be received and found. And so this is what it reads. There we go. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There's a promise here, and it's this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. If you feel distant from the Lord this morning, it's not because he's far. It's because you're not looking. If you feel distant from the Lord this morning, it's not because he's hiding, it's because you haven't sought after him. The Lord is near to those who draw near to him. But the question this morning is, are you drawing near to him? God doesn't go back on his word. His promises are yes and amen. How many of you guys are grateful for that? That when God speaks, he means what he says. And he's been telling his people for generations, for thousands of years, that those who seek him will, that those that knock will have the door. The Lord is near to those who draw near to him. Listen to what Psalms 148.18 says. The Lord is near to all who call upon his name, to all who call upon him in truth. Again, Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. And again, just, just to, to cement it for you guys. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them their sins and will hear their land. The point is this. God said if we seek him, we will find him. And I think what that means is that if we seek the Lord, we're gonna find the Lord. It's a promise. It's not some confusing thing. It's not a trick like statement. No, it is a promise. If we seek him, we will find him. So that means as the people of God who are his children, that probably means that we should be students of his presence. That probably means that we should be running after him day in and day out so that we can find him because he's near to us when we seek him. And we have to come with expectation that as we walk with him, he's walking with us. That as we sit with him, he's sitting with us. That as we praise him, he's receiving our praises. Emmanuel, God with us. See, the presence of God is not a distant myth or some fairy tale thing or a Star Wars force that's like way out in the distance that like somehow gives, I don't even know Star Wars, but like somehow the force gives power, but it's not real, it is. I don't know. You guys can come talk to me after. But that is not what the presence of God is. The presence of God is God physically, like not physically, but God, it's God here with us, right? If Josh, if I'm in, in your, if I'm like, I'm in your presence right now, right? I'm, I'm in a room with you. Now it's up to me. Can I, can I walk down with the mic? Is that okay? Cool. Now, like, it's up to me whether I choose to engage with your presence or not. Let me step back. It's up to me whether I choose to engage with your presence or not. You're here. I'm here. We're here together. But I have a choice whether I'm going to come and engage with you 
or not. The presence of God is a real, tangible thing that we can all encounter on a daily basis. And so many incredible things come from being in the presence of the Lord. We're filled with the fruits of his spirit. We are given direction and guidance for our lives. We're convicted. This happens often, babe, I love you. Um, The Lord really convicts me in times in his presence. And the one thing that James focuses on in this passage is he says this, that when we draw near to God, he cleanses our hands and he purifies our hearts. Jesus changes us. His presence transforms us, right? So many people today are trying to change themselves, right? And yes, we have a responsibility in our sanctification. We can't just sit there and say like, all right, God, make me more like you, but like we're not actually willing to do anything and make the hard choices and like go engage, right? But change apart from Jesus is not lasting change. It's behavior modification. Behavior modification addresses a symptom, not a root. Transformation changes the root, which is the heart. And that happens in his presence. Right, this is why Jesus says that even if a man looks at a woman with lustful intent, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. Because behavior modification will say, try your hardest not to look, try your hardest not to touch, try your, like try your hardest Whereas transformation will say, I actually want to change your heart so that your desires are no longer to look there. That's what transformation does. Now, please hear me. Discipline is important. Okay? Don't look. Don't, like, if you know that you struggle in a certain area, like, stay away. Don't test the waters. But the Lord wants to transform our hearts. He wants to give us new hearts. He wants to change the root of the issue, not just address the symptoms. Heart transformation reorients our desires to be godly desires. I don't just want behavior modification. I don't wanna just like do some things differently, but still at the core, like, be totally missing it because my heart is all jacked up. I want change. I want transformation. I want to become more like Jesus. Anybody else here want to become more like Jesus? There's like five hands up. Come on, guys. How many of you guys want to become more like Jesus? And this is the reality that Paul writes about in 2 Corinthians 3.16. He says this. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. When we set our gaze, our adoration, our affection, our minds, our hearts to Jesus, He changes us. The goal is to be with Jesus, draw near to him, and in being near to him, as he draws near, we become more like Jesus. 
And Paul writes that as, as we do this, like there's real lasting change that's gonna happen. And guys, this transformation is a process, right? He says we go from one degree of glory to another. You don't go from A to Z, right? There's a lot of letters in between A and Z. There's a lot of life to live. For all of us, we've lived a lot of life with Jesus, whether it's been for a couple weeks or a few years or 20, 30 years. A lot of change has happened between that, but the change is not done. There's more to come as we continue to fix our eyes upon him. Don't be discouraged if your roommate or your spouse or your friend is further along or more mature in their journey with Jesus than you are. Use that as encouragement. Iron sharpens iron. Don't compare yourself to the person next to you. We are all, as I look across this room, every single one of us are in a different place with Jesus than the person next to us. So yes, look to the people that are further along, be encouraged, be sharpened, but don't get discouraged. Don't start comparing yourself. And the one you should be comparing yourself to is Jesus himself. Let your measuring rod be the word of God. My question to each of us this morning are you content with the degree of glory that you are at today? Are you content with the degree of glory that you are at today? Or do you wanna go deeper? Do you want more? Because I think that the Lord wants us to go deeper. I think he would have us go further. And we're gonna continue growing until one day we're with him and we're perfected like him. But until then, we're in a process. I believe that, once again, the Lord means what he says. I believe that for those of us today who seek him, we're gonna find him. That those of us today who humble ourselves before him, who draw near to him, we will have him draw near to us. I believe that for those of us who set our eyes and our hearts upon him, that he will come and make his presence known with us. And he'll take us to that next degree of glory. There's a story in Exodus 34, and the team's gonna put it up, um, but Moses would go up to Mount Sinai and he, at this specific point, he went up and he received the tablets of stone. He received the, the covenant of the law that the people were to obey. And this is what it says. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come Near. Fast forward to verse 33. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he, what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. The presence of God would transform Moses. And the presence of God has the ability and will transform each one of us. 
The difference is that when Moses would come down, his face would actually stop radiating. There came a time where, where the, the glory of the Lord left his face. And if you guys remember that passage we just read in 2 Corinthians, there's direct imagery of what is happening. Paul draws on this story to talk about what happens to us now as we are in the new covenant. Listen to what Paul says. Now, if the ministry, this is just like five verses earlier than when we talked about from degree to degree of glory. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if that which was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Moses' face would stop radiating. Our hearts, our lives continue to be transformed and we never stop radiating the glory of God because the spirit of the Lord dwells within us. This is the new ministry, the ministry of the spirit. We continue to radiate the glory of the Lord. Now, when I think of that, I'm like, oh, so like what we have is more glorious than like what Moses had. Like his face literally was like shining. But the, the, the word says that like, guys, what we have is actually greater than what Moses received because it's a lasting change. It's eternal change. It's transformation, not temporary change. We have the ability to enter into the presence of God and have our hearts and our lives radiate with his glory forever. Guys, it's, it's not complicated. It's actually, the Lord's been teaching me, like coming to him is actually very simple. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, I'm aware that although this isn't complicated, it can be hard. Um, in full transparency, I'm somebody who wrestles a lot with like, uh, like guilt and shame, right? Like I'll snap at my wife or I'll get really impatient with my daughter or you know, maybe I didn't perform the best in this way or that way. And like coming into the presence of the Lord is actually like a battle. Anybody else ever been there? And so I recognize that this is hard. It's something that I wrestle with often. Um, even coming up here to preach, <laughs> there, there was like a few moments where Satan's like, well, like you don't even have this thing down. Like you still, like you're still not getting it right. How are you gonna go tell 150 people how to step into the presence of love? But let me tell you guys something. Our ability to enter into the presence of God has nothing to do with our performance but has everything to do with our position. Who we are determines whether or not we can enter into the presence of God. And all of us who have said yes to Jesus have that ability. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation should stop us from walking into the place that true transformation happens. Go back to the garden. What did Adam and Eve do after they sinned? They hid. They ran and they hid. Where should they have ran to? To the Lord. 
Satan's great, one of his greatest tactics is to keep us out of the one place that would actually transform us. He wants to say, you're too far gone. You've messed up too much. You've, you've done this. You've done that. Like, guys, I don't know if you guys know my story, but I used to be, I used to wrestle with severe substance abuse. I was homeless. I was living out of my car in Seattle. I just wanted to take one last dose large enough to end my life. But the Lord met me in that place. And still to this day, thoughts of shame, condemnation, what I did, they still enter. But nope, I'm not gonna give into that because it's in the presence of the Lord where true change will happen. Why would we run from the one place where we can actually be transformed? Why don't we run to it? I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody here this morning, but guys, if you've been wrestling, like entering into the presence of the Lord because you've been wrestling with guilt and shame and fear and con stop. Draw a line in the sand today, no more. Receive him, receive his goodness. He wants to change us. How many of you guys wanna to go to that next degree of glory today? All, all my hands, all two hands are up. All my hands, all. That's <laughs> everything. Uh, guys, he wants to take us there. He does. He wants to take us there. Now, um, I know that the, the phrase draw near to God is kind of vague, right? Like, I've read that so many times and I'm like, all right, draw near to the Lord. I, guess I had somebody come up to me a few weeks back. They're like, well, like, how do you, like, what does it look like to draw near to the Lord? And so I wanted to share with you guys a few things that have helped me in my journey with Jesus to step into the presence of the Lord, to draw near to him. So if it's okay with you guys, I wanna give us just a few points. And please remember that these things are not an end of themselves. Everything that I'm about to share is actually a means to an end. And the end is Jesus. So all of these things, it's not an exhaustive list either. Worship team, you guys can come on up whenever you have a moment. You guys cool if I share some stuff? I was listening to a, a sermon by Bill Johnson, love him or hate him, doesn't really matter. Um, and he was talking about joy. And uh, this principle applies to, to every aspect of our lives. He was talking about joy, and he said, you guys call yourselves believers, but you only do what you feel. I was like, ooh. He's like, a true believer does what is called of him, whether he feels like it or not. Because if you just do what you feel, you're, you're just a believer in your feelings. And he, he said this, he said, you can obey your way into joy. You can obey your way into joy. And so whether we feel like walking in God's presence or not, we need to be people of obedience. And so here's a few things that have helped me in my walk with the Lord. The first thing is praise. Praise is declaring and worshiping God for who he is. It's exalting him for his character. And when we begin to bless God for his character, the shift internally goes from like me, me, me to him, him, him. Our posture begins to set our eyes and our hearts on the character of God. And how many of you guys know, like, we live in an age where everything is about us. Instagram, you like, like, all of it, right? We need to be people that remind our souls that it's about him, not about us. The second thing is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. It's being grateful for 
how he's provided for you. Like, guys, I was in the car this morning and that, that what I just shared with you guys about like my history with substance abuse, um, I just began to like thank the Lord. Like, it's been seven years since the Lord took me out of that. I have a wife, a beautiful baby girl. And like, guys, it's so incredible. Like, the Lord is so faithful. He is so faithful. Maybe not all of you guys have that story, but all of us have a story. Thank God for that. Thank God for the roof over your head. Thank God for the people in your life. Thank God for your, guys, what we have here is so special. You don't get this at a lot of places. And this is not like, a, it is a plug for us, but it's more so like, guys, this is really like special what the Lord is doing in this house. Begin to thank him. Begin to be grateful for all that the Lord has done. He's good. Gratitude changes our hearts and our minds. The third thing is this, worship and song. I was on the phone, it was probably like two months ago, and it's a, a lady in our church, and she goes, yeah, my, uh, my worship time with the Lord is when my roommate leaves. I'm like, what does that look like? She's like, oh, I just like sing and dance around the house and like praise the Lord and like worship. I'm like, wow, I wanna like watch that. And then I was like, wait, I can actually do that. Why do I have to like, you know? And so like worship, like when was the last time where like you had the, the remote in your hand and you wanted to go to the, like, how about you just turn on some worship? How about you just throw your hands in the air? and start worshiping the Lord. Guys, there are such beautiful moments that happen when we just allow ourselves to like say, God, thank you, I worship you, I praise you. You are so good and faithful. We have a decision with every choice we make in our lives to go this way or go that, like choose. I wanna challenge you guys and I'll challenge you guys again in just a moment, but I'm gonna challenge you guys. Like when you have that decision, like am I gonna enter into the presence of God or am I gonna do something that's kind of like meaningless? Choose the presence. And I'm not telling you as this is somebody who has it down. Like the people close to me know that like I am still very much so working through this. We live in such a distracted age and time. So many things are pulling for our attention, but choose the presence. The fourth thing is this, read scripture. Challenge yourself to learn something about the word. Pick a topic. Any topic. Be like, hey, I would love to know more about this. Start learning. I'm going through a devotional right now. Like, guys, I've, I've known the gospel, like creation, fall, redemption, restoration, like all of that for, for many years, but I'm going through a devotional right now that's simply on the gospel. And it's been so transformative for me just to be reminded of that. <laughs> grab a devotional, start going through a book, like whatever you guys want to do, grab some friends and start reading the word together, whatever that looks like. But learn about Jesus, our prophet, our priest, our king. Like, go, go study him, but don't just study him for the sake of knowing. Study him because you want to get to know him. If you were, like all you single people out there, if you were pursuing somebody, don't look now, but if you were pursuing them, like you would want to go get to know them. And go ask them, I'm telling you, go ask them for coffee after church today and get to know them. Yes, do it. Yeah, sorry. Well, I don't know how that happened. Just, just <laughs> do it. Read the word. If you wanted to get to know somebody, you would spend time with them. I hope you don't like read about them. It's like that's just like fun. But like, go, like oh yeah. But you guys get the point. Read the word. Get to know. Get to know the Lord. The final thing is this: it's repentance. Oftentimes there is sin 
that actually keeps us from being able to enter into the presence of God, or that's what we think at least. But when there is repentance that has to be dealt with, the first place you should go deal with it is in the presence of the Lord. Go draw near to him. If there is stuff in your life, don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't try to repent like distant from like repent with him. Allow him into that because that's where true change is gonna happen. So repentance. Praise, thanksgiving, worship and song, scripture, repentance. You guys may have other things. Again, this list is not exhaustive. This is just some things that have worked in my life. And I encourage you, if you're wrestling with like, what does it look like to get into the presence of the Lord? Try some of these things out. The things that the scriptures models to us. So like, let's run after it. I'm very easily distracted. I'm giving you guys a lot into my life. I'm like, I'm very easily distracted. And so um, this is my challenge. I've been challenged this week. Instead of coming home from work, I had a long day. I just want to like veg out, watch How I Met Your Mother because it's an incredible show. But like, I, you know, I just like, no, why don't you like put on a sermon? You like, you want to listen to something? Like, again, play some worship, open that devotional. Make those hard choices. And guys, as you begin to make them more and more, they're gonna become easier and easier to make. The more we draw near, the more we want to be near. There's a song, it's like, the more I seek you, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you. Is that a song? Yeah, yeah. And so like, you, you seek him, you find him. And you find him, you fall more in love with him. So you continue to seek him, you continue to find him, you continue to fall more in love with him. Seek, find, love. Do these little things that'll point us toward him. Obey your way into his presence if that's what it takes. The more we're in his presence, the more we'll desire to be there. He transforms us in his presence. It's up to us whether we're gonna draw near or not. Friends, Jesus has more for us. Every single one of us, whether you've been with him for a week, or a decade, or five decades, he has more. Together, as a community, as well as individually, I want us to step into that next degree of glory. This is for me, for all your pastors, for every single one of you, all of us. What would it look like if we were constantly being transformed and growing and maturing into that next degree because there is always more until we meet him. Would you guys stand with me? Standing together as one is symbolic of us saying together, we're responding to the call of the Lord. So you're doing that individually, but also together as a family, we are doing that. So I don't know how you need to respond. I know the ways I need to respond, but it might look different for you than it might look for me. It means getting on your knees or sitting and praying, do that. It means getting up and dancing in the back and like praising the Lord, go do that. It means to lay on your face and just behold him, do that. It means like laughing in the presence, like be joyful, let that flow. And as you leave here this morning, we're gonna continue, we're not done. 
We gotta respond. But as you leave this morning, continue to press in. He wants to change us. He wants to transform us. He wants to draw near to every single one of us. So would you draw near to him?